Amen. Amen, amen. Amen. Well, you're welcome to grab a seat. Um, man, it's rich. The good thing about this transition is this just keeps being worship. As worship's like, I get my eyes on Jesus and he changes me. Like, so we're digging in the word, all that. Um, hey, we're going to continue on. Um, as we, if you're here last month, we were, we were just, and I'll kind of give a little bit of a backdrop in a moment, but um, we're going to continue on talking about Holy Spirit as part of the Godhead. And we're going to talk a little bit of theology, theology and then dive in the word about who he is. Um, but one thing we, we always want to do is, is God's making us into a people of testimony. And I shared last month about Jenny and I's own experience with Holy Spirit. And if you remember, like we came from a, a drastically different place. Holy Spirit didn't kind of exist in my church life. Holy Spirit existed in Jenny's church life <laughs> actively. And it was, it was wonderful. And so we, um, and so every month we want to just have someone from our community share about their own experience, about their own journey with Holy Spirit as part of the Godhead. Um, and so we ask Rachel to come on up, give her a clap. All right. Thanks. Yeah, so I just want to share like a little snippet of my testimony that mostly just revolves around how I encountered the Holy Spirit and how I have come to know him as a helper and a teacher in my walk with Jesus. So I basically grew up in an amazing Christian environment. My parents loved the Lord. It was so foundational to my faith and understanding of the gospel. Um, Just felt so blessed to grow up in church and vacation Bible school, all these areas that just instilled in me who is Jesus, who is God. Um, But very little was talked about with the Holy Spirit, kind of like what Scott shared in January. Um, That in church, I had all this scripture memorization and I understood the gospel. But I just like, if you had asked me like, who's the Holy Spirit? I would have said, oh, he's like the third part of the Trinity. But other than that, I wouldn't have been able to be like, this is like the character of the Holy Spirit. This is how I see the Holy Spirit at work in my life. And so that was really like my experience all the way through high school. And I go to college, I go to UCLA. I um, was recruited there to be an athlete on the swim team. And so as an athlete, you kind of jump into a team and those are the people you're like running with 24 seven. And my team, I found out pretty quickly within a week that there were no other believers on the team. And the darkness that surrounds the athletic environment just was really heavy. There was just the hookup culture was around. There was a lot of drugs, drinking, all of that. And so these are the people I'm with all the time. And I just remember thinking, like, this is so different than what I grew up in. And my heart was just breaking for these girls who are on my team, these 35 girls, who I knew they were just trying to find identity and life in all the wrong places. Um, And so within, like, a week of being there, I remember just crying out to God, being like, God, like, I want to learn how to walk with you in this environment, but it just feels so dark, and I just don't know how to do that on my own, and I didn't understand the power of the Holy Spirit as my helper in that situation, and so I was like, I need to find community, so I've ended up like getting connected to this athletic um, Christian ministry, which was super awesome, and it was there that um, one of the staff members just began describing and talking about the Holy Spirit and some of the teachings in a way that I just never heard before. Um, He talked about praying to the Holy Spirit and just talking to the Holy Spirit, and I was like, what? Like, I 
I can talk to the Holy Spirit? Like, I'd never heard that before. Like, what? That's so new. And I just remember diving into scripture and looking at Corinthians and John 14 and just being like, okay, this is what God says about the Holy Spirit. And looking at Acts and being like, the disciples were given the Holy Spirit to empower them to fulfill the Great Commission. And that same Holy Spirit is in me. I just haven't, like, accessed that. Like, I haven't talked to the Holy Spirit in that way. And so um, that really began in me, like, what does it look like to, like, pray into this and ask Holy Spirit, like, Holy Spirit, I want to walk with you. I want to see, like, how I can partner with you and what you're doing with my teammates. And I need you to empower me to, like, love them and encourage them well, because I just have no idea how to do that. It just felt, like, so far out of reach in that, like, really dark environment. And so I just began praying that, like, just asking Holy Spirit, I want to walk with you. I want to learn, like, what does it look like to partner with you at UCLA, and um, there's this one moment, and this was kind of just, I felt like the start of my trajectory of learning to recognize just the Holy Spirit and walk with him, but I was in the dining hall with some of my teammates, and I had a teammate, she was out with a back issue, and I just felt that urge, like probably many of you would recognize, like where the Holy Spirit's like telling you to go pray for someone, and it's like kind of that heart mind, like, I think that's the Holy Spirit, and this was like this moment where I was like, I think the Holy Spirit's asking me to like go pray over this teammate, pray for healing over her, and at the same time, I was like, oh, that like seems so far out of my comfort zone, like so unsafe, and like if it doesn't go well, I also see her like so much, like it'd be so embarrassing, like if it's like this awkward moment. And so she's walking out of the dining hall and I'm like, okay, I have to do this. So I follow her out and I'm like, hey, Jax, like, I just want you to know that I, I love God and I believe that he loves you and he sees you and he like sees that you're hurting right now. And I would just love to pray over healing for you. And she just starts weeping before I even get to pray for her. And it's just this like really like that thrill moment of the Holy Spirit where he was inviting me into something and directing me like who is the open, hungry people um, that wanted to encounter him. And so just really sweet moment. I pray for her. Her back feels better. It's not like totally healed, but it's better. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, like what is this? And I just like walk away kind of on this cloud nine like oh my goodness like my whole life I have not realized like the access of the power of the Holy Spirit that I actually get to walk in and participate in and that just changed the trajectory of my walk with the Holy Spirit and how I see him and how I ask him to be my helper and my teacher um just as seasons have changed and as like my sphere of influence has changed like that was obviously in college and that was my athletic team um but now I'm even I'm a mom I have a three-month-old and it just looks different now being like Holy Spirit I'm trying to figure out motherhood and I have no idea how to do it like I just need give me direction and like just ask for like a word of like how do I stop my baby from crying like really I just need help but like those things just like Holy Spirit is like with me and teaching me in those moments so um that's just a snippet of my story um just as Holy Spirit's just kind of just really beautifully like walked me into a deeper understanding of who he is thank you Drew am I Drew 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 is not in his seat right now Controlling the board. I'm going to try this. Buzz again. Hey, hey, does it work? Yeah. Is it working? Yeah. I can't hear up here. That's so funny. Okay. Um, amen. And so, so um, thank you, Rachel. And probably in this room, all of us hear something in her story that goes, man, what if it's true? Or yeah, I can relate with that. Or on the opposite side, when you hear we're talking about Holy Spirit, you're like, oh no, <laughs> because some of our own church experience, our own ex- personal experience has built a theology of mistrust of that part of who God is. And, and that's why I think he's walking us down this path. And I think it's probably a longer path where we're going to continue to learn who Holy Spirit is. 
We're going to eventually talk about gifts and fruit, but we got to know who the giver is before we know who the gifts are. So often, I think in church world, it's turned upside down. And we go, oh, that, the, the expressions of the gifts, I can't get it. It doesn't make sense. It makes me uncomfortable. It must be wrong. Wait, Holy Spirit's just wrong. He freaks me out. I don't want to talk about him. And so as family, we're just not going to do that. Is that okay? I'd rather, much rather just step in to go, okay, let's push aside misunderstandings. Let's push aside things and let's just go, God, I want to know you, who you are. Okay. So quick review, a couple things from last month, because this is going to keep building, um, Month after month, okay? So um, we, last month, we, we, I, I talked about a diamond. You guys, if you're here, you might remember this. And I just said, Holy Spirit's kind of like a diamond that's got different edges cut on it. And for, for one moment, in a Friday evening, the first Friday every month at Abide, I'm going to shine a light on part of that diamond. And we're going to go, no way, he's amazing. And then next month, we'll go, turn it a little bit and go, you're kidding me, he's that good. Turn again and go, no way. And, and we'll start to see he's this priceless part of our life that we have to know. And then he shows us his ways. Okay? I want us to know this is a part of the Godhead. And we're going to talk about the Trinity in a minute. But my heart's desires, God is inviting us into knowing him. And so we are going to walk that way. And we're going to be honest. God, this kind of freaks me out. What's, what's going to happen? You know, or whatever, wherever you land in the spectrum of the Holy Spirit. But there's, there's a commonality of trust in him. And a commonality of sitting in the place of, of mystery and being okay with it. When we start getting into relating with God in a way that goes, if I can understand you, I put you in my box and now I control you. He will struggle to break out of that box. Because he loves us that much, but he doesn't overtake, most of the time in my experience, he doesn't overtake our will. And so I'm wanting to set a, set a table for us just to go, Holy Spirit, I want to know you more. And so if I take that diamond and I go, look at it th- this week or this month, and then you go, well, next month I'll look at it again, I don't think we're going to be changed. But if we take a hold of something that happens tonight in your heart, some scripture, and you go, okay, tomorrow morning, I'm going to go there with God. Okay, how about Monday and Tuesday? And how about Friday morning? And what if two weeks from now, you're still kind of chewing on what God's teaching you about who he is? You and I are going to be changed. And by default, all the hard things of life aren't as hard, right? Jesus said, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. We're overcoming the, we're, we're getting to know the, I've overcome the world person, God. And so we can take heart and be okay when things are hard. So this is a relationship, okay? So there's three things we talked about um, last time. One of them was traditions. And we just said we all come from different traditions. So I shared Jenny's tradition a bit and mine. We heard about Rachel. And next month we heard someone else. But tradition is basically if you grew up in the church, you heard about Holy Spirit or you didn't. If you are in this room and you're like, I didn't grow up in the church. I haven't read the Bible. I just met some people at Pickleball Court and think they're cool, so I'm coming here. I don't know where you come from. It's great. But if you're here, then we all have a tradition. We all have a a bent towards what we believe and what we're comfortable with. And my ask was that we, do you have that slide about tradition? There you go. My ask was that we would be open-handed, that we would be able to say, I bless my tradition. I bless where I've come from. I bless the things that I understand and don't understand about who God is and the Holy Spirit, but my hands are open to let you teach me more. 
The second thing I asked um, was that we, have, we all have influences in life. And those influences determine what we believe. And when Jesus said, you might be familiar with this, maybe not, but Jesus said, those who have ears, let them hear, and those who have eyes, let them see. Now, he's speaking to a crowd of people, all have ears and eyes. There's something about that statement that's so other, right? It's about faith and hunger. And so we want to, I just wanted to ask that we would have eyes and ears to, to listen to the right influences in our lives when it comes to who God is. Because we can go type up YouTube and go, is the earth flat? And we'll get 50,000 people saying it's flat. And we'll get 50,000 saying, no, it's round, you know, or whatever the next controversy is. So type up anything about Holy Spirit and you're going to get a thousand different voices, a thousand directions. And my promise to you is that we're going to use this to guide us. It's my promise. And we're going to have others share their story to say, I've met him this way. It affirms this is true. If you're here last time I talked about, we'll know that we'll know a tree by its fruit. So if you look at influence, if you look at another pastor, if you look at another person in your life and they're fussing, they're griping, and they got the strongest answers available about Holy Spirit, you probably just shouldn't listen to them. But if you have someone that speaks with tenderness about Holy Spirit, gentleness, Humility. I don't quite understand him, but man, I want to know him more. Don't you want to be around those people? They're going to see the fruit that we see in the book of Acts. Because, and that's who we are as a people, is we just want to walk into knowing him more. So open ears and open eyes. That means we're cautious about influence that comes in our way, okay? And the other thing I said was that, was this phrase, is just the ways of Holy Spirit are God's love expressed through power and mystery, name whatever it is, his motivation is always love. And his motivation is always to point us to love Jesus and to be about the things that burn on God's heart, which is the lostness in this world and the brokenness in this world to restore people to their savior. And so that is part of what we're just holding on to is we are going to be okay. We're going to learn to be okay to go. There's stuff, the mystery and the power of God I don't get, but it's God's love that expresses himself and the fruit of it is loving Jesus more. And so I'm in. We're going to figure it out together. Okay. Is that a deal? You guys good with that? Okay. So let me introduce one more phrase real quick. Um, and, and depending on your tradition, you may, this may be familiar to or not, but a spirit led life. Okay. Do you guys have that side? Doop. There it is. Um, this is my definition. There's probably a hundred other better definitions. So if you come with a better one, let me know. Um, but a spirit led life. It's a life lived in joyful trust of God so that he governs my thoughts, my choices, and my future. A spirit-led life is a life that is lived in joyful trust. It's got to hit us. Joyful trust. I don't understand you, Holy Spirit, but I trust you. It's Rachel's whisper when her teammate has a back pain. Joyful trust. God, I'm scared to death, but I'll trust you. And aren't you glad? I bet that girl's glad that Rachel obeyed. Okay, trust that he governs my thoughts. Okay, because thoughts are where belief systems come, take root, and belief system is how we live life. Our thoughts are choices in our future. Okay, spirit-led life. We're gonna we're gonna use that phrase in a little bit, but I just wanted to give us a baseline for it. Okay, um, one other thing that people, some people asked was, hey, can we have some resources? So before we put the resources screen up, um, I'm gonna throw out four different suggestions. 
Now, here's a disclaimer. This is the word of God. It's perfect because God's perfect, right? God breathed. Every other book that has pages in it is not perfect. Are we okay with that? At best, it's imperfect. Just, okay, it just, it is what it is. And so I'm going to suggest two books that I'm familiar with. If you're not interested, don't worry about it. But if you are interested in learning with me, jump in. But understand as you start cracking those pages and you get through the chapters, there might be something that you go, what? It's not heresy. We don't need to be afraid. But it's just, it's someone's journey to know Holy Spirit more. And so everyone's tradition is coming and kind of flavoring what they say. Okay? So that's my ask here is that you don't start turning this judgmental, oh no, what does this mean? What's their name? I don't know. Just say, hey, if you're hungry, go for it. It's great. If you want to stay right here, stay right here. It's totally fine. Cover to cover. Spirit of God is throughout these pages. We cannot go wrong in doing a Google search and going, what is the, where, where in the Old Testament to talk about Holy Spirit? You could feast on that for days and weeks and months. We don't need more books necessarily, but I'm so thankful for the path others have led that I can learn from, knowing that they're just human and they're imperfect. Okay? So good? We go with that? Okay. You put the next slide up. Okay. This first one is a book I'm reading right now. I'm only a couple chapters in. And I know this person is human, so he's imperfect, okay? Okay, so, but I like it so far. So feel free to jump in and read it with me. It's great. Um, so the guy's name is Michael Culianos. He's a pastor in Florida, um, and he's involved with um, The Send. Has anyone heard of The Send? With YWAM. Um, um, he's involved with Upper Room. Uh, just, um, anyways, he, I, I, I have, in 2020, um, I stumbled across some of his teachings, and my life was transformed because he talks about Jesus in a way I've never, ever heard. His love for Jesus is so different. So he wrote a book about Holy Spirit, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm learning. Okay, next one is uh, Why I'm Still Surprised by the Power of the Spirit by Jack Deere. We sometimes assign it in the night school. Um, and again, just for the record, it's not a perfect book, but it's about a pastor who was a cessationist and then started going, wait, what if God does this stuff? And it's his story and his journey, and it's his own story and his journey. And so if you're interested in that, you're welcome to grab it and enjoy it. Um, WP Films, a guy named Darren Wilson, he started, he's, he was a uh, videographer and he was a self-proclaimed skeptic. And he started hearing like grandparents or someone, God was doing stuff. And he's like, what if this is true? And he goes, well, I got this camera and I got this skill. And so he starts going around and just videoing things God's doing. And from that, he discovers more of who God is. So he's put out a handful of different videos. They're, they're like um, documentaries. So, but highly recommend them. Some of them are a little bit old, but it's just another place to start. It's another place to kind of feed on what's God doing? Okay, because it's in video form and book form, it's still not perfect. Is everyone okay with that? <laughs> okay, great. Um, the last one is Sam Storms. Uh, does anyone know that name? Okay, I just got introduced to him, but Josiah loves him, and Josiah's our worship guy, right? And talked to Adam, and then Tyler recommended him to me this week, and so I just have listened to like one teaching, um, but it kind of deep. It seems like deep theological in the word, but. God convinced him that he actually moves today in very real powerful ways. And so even the teaching I was listening to the other day, I'm like, man, this is deep and rich. He's very forthright. 
He said, I believe God moves today as the Bible shows us. And then he starts to unpack stuff, okay? So again, I'm new to Sam Storms, but if you're just looking for someone that has that flavor, check them out. See what you think. It's totally fine. There's tons of teachings on, on YouTube or whatever, okay? All right. And I bet you might be thinking, wait, I got this perfect book. And you probably do, okay? And so I'm great with other resources. I'm just trying to say, let's go on the journey together. All right? Okay. Good. Um, let's, let's move on to... The word of God. You guys ready for that? Yes. Okay. Genesis 1. Genesis 1. Um, so two kind of little theological bases here. Um, we, sorry, can you go back to that diagram? There it is. Um, so there's a lot of the Bible that talks about the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I just thought it'd be good to mention briefly. I like this diagram because it depicts a bit of how it all works. So God is God. He has three distinctive representations of who he is with very specific roles in our life. And the scripture is clear about what the Father does, the Holy Spirit does, and what Jesus does. Okay? Case in point, the Bible says that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, living to make intercession for us. The reason he came to this planet was to intercede for us and break off the power of sin in our lives. His death, burial, and resurrection set us free. He's an intercessor. He stands in the gap to say you can be free. Okay? So this, I like that because it's, you can see that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, they are distinctive parts of who God is, but the little gray lines on the side is the Father is not Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not the Son, and the Son is not the Father. They all point to the center. It is, he, this is God in who he is, and he expresses himself in unique ways on this planet. Okay? It's, that's why Jesus said, it's better I go away because the Spirit of God's coming. The Spirit of God has a purpose that's different from Jesus and different from the Father. Okay? All right. Genesis 1. You guys ready? Um, here we go. We're going to read 1 through 3. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, Darkness was over the surface of the earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then it goes on for the creation story. I want us to see the first three verses in the Bible, the Holy Spirit's there. If you read through these first three chapters, it actually, it, there's, there's more plural kind of language and it talks about God than just Father is the creator, or Jesus is the creator, Holy Spirit is creator. It is three in one, and they are, they are at work. But I want us to see something about Holy Spirit. The earth is formless and void, and it said he's hovering over. He's intentionally, patiently waiting to create. What does that have to do with your life and my life? There are places in our life that aren't yet formed. There's character that's not yet formed. There's freedom that isn't yet taken a hold of. And the spirit of God hovers over your life and mine. And he says, I'm coming. Will you cry out to me for that? The Holy Spirit is a patient, intentional creator. We see him here at the beginning of time. And we see it throughout scripture. Is that he is ready to, to, to break through in our lives. But if I've lived enough on life on this planet to say, he is usually, in my opinion, slower than I want him to be. Or he doesn't answer my prayers like I think he should. Okay? So I want to put a, put a little pin here and say something. 
Sometimes our theology about Holy Spirit is built on our pain, not on the reality of who he is. Sometimes, God, you didn't answer my prayer this way. I prayed for this relative and they died. Surely he doesn't heal today then. And my theology is built upon my own belief system as opposed to what this says. And I will come up underneath the word of God. And my experiences, though they are mysterious and confusing at times, I will still trust him. I could tell you stories in our lives with our girls and our family and our marriage where there are things that happen that I don't get. Painful things. There's times he broke through and answered how I wanted him to. And there are a lot of times where he answered different than I wanted. But will I trust him? The Holy Spirit hovers over your life. He's waiting. He's waiting to respond. But he's looking for hearts that are hungry in love with him. Okay. okay, flip all the way to the right of your Bible. When you get to like, what is that called? The, uh, the table of weights and measurements, you've gone too far. <laughs> okay, for my Bible, turn left one. Uh, this, is Re- this is Revelation 22. We're going to go 16 through 18. We there? I love hearing the Bible's turn. <laughs> it's good. Okay, Jesus speaking. He says, I, Jesus has sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. So if you remember, Revelation was John. He was, he was on the island of Patmos, and God went, boom, I got revelation for you. you got to capture this. This is what revelation is about. It's, it's God's unfolding will for us, okay? He says, I, Jesus speaking, I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take the free gift of water of life. So we see on the other end of the scripture, we see Holy Spirit actively involved with humans. And I mention these two verses to be a a bit of a, a metaphor to go, the spirit of God is our bookends of life. He's this bookends of this word. He is in every page if we'll hunt for him. Okay. And two practicals from this too. Jesus said, I'm the bright morning star. What that means, if you could get a visual of that, is that the long hours of darkness have started to cease. And there's a star in the sky reminding me that darkness is almost over. And some of us in this room where you know people that are like, I'm stuck in darkness. I'm stuck in hopelessness. I'm stuck in uncertainty. And sometimes we just got to go, I'm going to stare at that morning star and I'm going to get his hope. When we lack hope, oftentimes our eyes are off of the one that gives hope. He is the bright and morning star. And, and I promise, guys, he just, it costs us something. It costs us to say, I will look at him and he will reflect back his glory to me. Okay, that's who our Jesus is, the bright and morning star, the hope giver. And if you don't know him that way, I want to challenge you to not let go of him until he meets with you. I've told you these stories, but for me, there are seasons in my life where I'm like, Jenny, I'm going in that room and I'm locking the door and I'm not coming out till he shows up. Because I have to see him. I have to get his answer. I have to get his comfort. I have to get his hope about whatever the situation is. But it costs me something, but it's so worth it. Okay? And we see Holy Spirit here. It says, the spirit and the bride say, Come. Okay, 
So if you were at Revival and Reformation weekend a year ago, who was there? Anyone there? Yeah, it was great. The huge, like, young and old career, kind of big old gathering. It was awesome. This was this song. It was, the, the word here is Maranatha, and it's come Lord Jesus. And it's this idea that in my desperation, I look towards the one that would come. Here, there's two different meanings. There's one that's saying it's the culmination of everything that ends. Jesus is finally coming back for his bride. But it's today, too. It's right now for us. There are times in my life where I go to this verse and I just stop and I go, come, Lord Jesus. And I get to my knees and I say, come, Lord Jesus. And I just stay there and I just say it. And I, I say it so it touches me deep, that longing for knowing him. Do you know him that way? He wants to meet you there. We're, we're, we're humans, and so it's mind, will, soul, and emotions. The soul is what's hidden inside our heart, sorry, and emotions. But our, inside of our soul is our identity, is our emotions, is our will. In that place, the Spirit of God wants to say, I'm coming. Okay? So we're going to do that for just a minute. All right? You guys awake? Okay. Don't be freaked out. This is good. Um, we're going to take a moment. And what I want to invite us into is this. I want to ask you if you'd be willing to just close your eyes for a minute. And I'm just going to sit on the stage for me and do the same. If you want to say it out loud, if you want to say it in your own heart, it doesn't matter. But there's a place of honesty, of longing to know him that, we, that I can feel. And I think we could all feel at times where it's like, okay, I'm not in control now. I need you to come. Okay, maybe it helps to think about a situation you need him to break through in. Maybe your relationship with him is dry and empty. Maybe you've never known him like others have. So we're going to take a moment. Just come, Lord Jesus. The Spirit and the Bride, they cry, come, Lord Jesus. So we agree with Holy Spirit right now, and we invite you to come. Just you and him. Just ask him. Keep saying it if you need to. Lord, we, as your people, God, we just say, come, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, teach us tonight. Teach us in this season to really learn how to sing a duet with you, this longing of our heart for Jesus to come. This beautiful harmony of longing and desperation and love. Say, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Um,
So what you're experiencing potentially is called intimacy. It's the, for, for, I don't know about for you, but for me, I know I'm really connecting. I'm really like honest with him. When I, 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 I don't know how to, uh, let's see. Everything is well with my soul. Like inside, I feel okay. Situationally, who knows? <laughs> right? We all laugh knowingly, right? But there's a, there's a shift inside of me that goes, oh, everything's okay. He's on his throne. You can do that tonight when you get home before bed. You can do that in the morning when you wake up. You just come, Lord Jesus. Just stay there. Don't hurry off to the day. Don't grab your phone. Stay there long enough to go, oh, everything's okay. He's with me. I promise you that kind of love is addicting. <laughs> you can't get enough of it. Right. Amen. Okay, um, what I want to do is, is run through a list here of last month we looked at John 14 and we talked about like the characteristics of the Holy Spirit in our life as Jesus was reflecting it to us. This month I want us to look at like real life examples that Holy Spirit either shows up on earth or he's compared to something that's natural for us. Okay, I just looked at a dozen on scripture. There's probably a bunch more. I want to invite you to find more for me, for us. Okay, um, so I'm about to put a list up here. I'm going to run through them kind of quickly, and then we're going to hone in on one for a very specific purpose. Okay, one of the things I'm going to try to do is, is um, somewhere I want to try to collect some of this because some of y'all, when we put the, on the screen, you take pictures, which is awesome. Because you go home and you're starting to kind of dig into it yourself. That's how we're transformed. But I want to try to figure out a way that we could actually put some of this kind of stuff in a, in a common Google folder or something. that you can go and grab it. And you can go, I want to learn more and grow together with them. Okay? So feel free to take a picture. But just so this week, I'm going to hopefully I'll try to figure that one out. Okay. Can you put that up? So you ready? This is These are ways that Holy Spirit has showed up on this planet in real life form, or he's compared to something. Okay. So he's a dove. He's described as fire. He's described as wind. He's described as God's breath. And that word is translated spirited. Adam is created. He's, he's not have life in him. And it says that God breathed life in him. God spirited. That's a verb, right? Is that a verb? Yeah. Action word, verb. Okay. Help me out. Yeah. Okay, good. It's a verb, right? That, that, that's an action word. Sorry. I didn't do well in school. I'm sorry. Um, spirited is a verb. It's like when God breathed into Adam, spirit of God came in him and he had life. Okay. So that's what that is from. And there's several scriptures that are in the same kind of descriptors as that. Okay. It, it, it describes in Luke that he's like clothing. He clothes us. Holy Spirit clothes us. He's anointing oil. Great example is first Samuel. When Samuel comes to anoint David and he anoints him with oil. And then it says, David was filled with the Holy Spirit the rest of his life. Okay. Pause for a minute and say something. Do you, what happened after that happened to David? Where did he go? You remember? 
You guys remember where he went? What's that? Come on, help me out. Where, where did David go after he was anointed by Samuel? He went back to take care of sheep. And he killed bear and he killed the lion. And eventually his father said, hey, can you take food to your brothers? And he shows up and he's got something in him of life and character that says, I can kill Goliath. And it's years until he becomes king. There is things in your life that you sense from the Lord that is anointing by God, a teacher. You love the word. There's just different anointing in your life. But guys, anointing takes time to grow into. David took time to grow into. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. So the anointing of the oil and the Holy Spirit's activity is somehow connected there. Okay, and there's several other scriptures where that, that uh, shows itself true as well. Um, Holy Spirit's described as the effects of alcohol, inebriation. This is true. Um, uh, do I want to say? Okay. Yeah, I want to say that. Okay. Um, Acts 2, Spirit of God comes in fire and wind. And it says that they all, so they were, we're going to actually read it in a minute. But um, they spoke in different languages. Everyone's like, what was that? There were, and it said 3,000 were added to the church day, that day. It says that people met Jesus that day because of God working through human fearful people. But it said there were some in the crowd that mocked them. Said, oh, they've had too much to drink. Um, I want the fear of God to settle inside of us so we don't judge other expressions of the Holy Spirit in other churches and say they're wrong. I'm going to say that again because it's, it's sitting on me tonight. It's, it's really like before we came, I'm like, God, this is heavy in my heart. There are things the Holy Spirit does in other churches across town or your friends or your parents or whatever that looks weird and crazy and you don't understand and I don't understand. You know what I do? I close my eyes and say, bless them, Lord. I'm going this way. <laughs> Not because it's wrong. I don't know if it's wrong. But I will not, we will not be a people who sits on the back row and says, they're drinking too much. And there's thousands in there that went, oh, the glory of God is being communicated. The ones that were judging were the ones that didn't hear the glory of God. We can't be those people. Remember the, the ways of the Holy Spirit are the love of God expressed in power and mystery. There are things about God that are mysterious that I don't understand and you don't either. That doesn't mean they're wrong necessarily. Okay? And I understand that if we, could, if we had coffee right now, we could tell stories and you could, what about this? And I could say, what about that? And I get it and all that stuff. But what I've learned over all these years is I, a lot of times, the safest place is just to go, Lord, bless that church. I don't get it. But Lord, if it's your in it, I want it. If you're there, if you're doing something that makes me uncomfortable, but there's fruit in that tree, I want it. If it looks like Jesus and looks like the word of God, then I want it. And there's a whole lot of Jesus life that none of us see yet. And so I want it. We want it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um, here we go. He's a down payment, a guarantee and a seal in our lives. Holy Spirit has emotions says that he can be quenched and he can be grieved. Again, I don't understand it. It's a human trying to explain God. So I'm going to get it wrong, but I don't think his emotions, but he might. I mean, he grieves when we walk away. If you're looking for some great scripture to read about who Holy Spirit is, read those. 
It talks about relationship and it quenches him. It shuts him down and it it grieves him because he wants to know us. He's a patient, intentional creator, as we talked about earlier. He's an internal, um, internal certainty. In Acts, it talks two different times about um, where it says it seemed good, right to the Holy Spirit and to us. And so we did this. Or Paul's going into a certain city and and the Holy Spirit stopped him and said, do not share the gospel here. Go there. I don't understand that. But there's an internal certainty the Holy Spirit brings us as humans that makes us go, oh yeah, it's Rachel's story with her teammate. The internal certainty. I got to pray for her. Man, this freaks me out. But I know he's on it, so I'm going there. And the last one's the finger of God. Matthew 12, Luke 11 are like um, verse, what is the word? Partner verses, sister verses, whatever. Verses that kind of, uh, anyways. um, Jesus talks about driving out the demons in someone's life, oppression, that kind of thing. And he said, it's by the Holy Spirit this happens. The other verse says it's by the finger of God this happens. There's something about the Holy Spirit and the finger of God that I don't understand. But what I do love is what seems at times like oppression or like we're overwhelmed with temptation and all it takes is God's little finger to win the day. It's the Holy Spirit. Where sometimes if you're like me, where temptation's like, oh, it's too much, Lord, what do I do? Or, or finances are struggling. Sometimes we just gotta go spirit of God, finger of God. In one finger, you got enough to win the day. And so we call out to him. We ask him for help and breakthrough. Okay, okay. Okay, so we're going to go to John 20. You guys get there with me. And we're going to wrap up and pray a little bit. John 20. All right, who wants to read this for us? 19 through 29. You get to to speak in the mic for anyone who's afraid of it. Sorry, Drew. (laughs) Can you read it for us? Come on. You got, of course you do. Wait, can we, can we, can we have that young man in the back row read for us instead? Okay, Thomas, come on, man. Okay, she'll take care of you. Drew, here we go. It's not going to buzz, right? Okay, John 20. Come on, Thomas, take us there. 19 through 29. Hold on just a second. Is he good? Oh, did you turn it on? Is it on? Tricked you, Thomas. (laughs) Sorry. There you go. Go on. On the evening of the day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then his disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Keep going. Yeah, 229. My bad. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so am I sending you. And when he said this, he breathed. He breathed on and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. In them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, with twelve, now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, "We have seen the Lord." But he said to them, "Unless I see his hands and the mark of the nails, 
and place his finger into his mark, excuse me, and the place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my my hands, and put your hand and place place it on my side. Do not be do not be disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord, my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me, and still have yet believed. Amen. Thanks, Thomas. Awesome. I'll get the mic for me in a second. It's great. You can hold on to it. Okay, um, help me out here. Who are the people in the situation? The disciples. Okay, what was their state of mind at the time of their emotional situation? They were, they were sad. They were afraid. Why were they sad and afraid? Jesus is crucified. What's the situation going outside that room? What's happening? What's that? The what? Persecution. Persecution. Yes. <laughs> outside of that room, they're like, we're the next ones, right? Sometimes it's good to read a story and stop and go, paint a picture for me, Holy Spirit. I need to understand the whole thing. <laughs> persecution. <laughs> um, that was awesome. Thanks for um, Okay. So they got these people, they're in the room, they're freaking out. If you remember last month, we talked about, these are the people that said, we're giving up everything, homes, lands, jobs, families, any hope of the future, we're giving up to follow you, Jesus. And now he's dead. Yeah. Just let that sink in for a minute. Everything in your life that is of any value or hope is gone for one person. And that one person just died on a cross. In fact, scripture says that he was beaten beyond what human recollection He was crucified. He was dead, dead, like really dead, right? And they're in the room going, now what? Everyone out there is trying to kill us. And what do we do? We have everything's gone. And here comes Jesus walking into that room. What does he say to him? What's the first thing he says? Peace be with you. He's like, you're going to be okay. I'm with you. I'm here. Presence of God in any situation brings peace because the spirit of God is the peace of Jesus. Okay. Sometimes when things look bleak and hopeless, we need to get on our knees and we need to stay there and say, God, come, Lord, come. I need your help. And we, in fear, we're honest how we feel, but we wait and we cry out to him and he comes near. Always does. Sometimes it takes longer than we expect. Okay, so peace be with you. And then look at verse 21. He gives them peace, gives them Holy Spirit. Okay, as the Father has sent me, I send you. He gives them commission. And then he breathes on them and goes, and you're going to need this. Here's Holy Spirit. Okay, receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 23, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Uh, This is a verse I've skipped over for many years. (laughs) We're going to come back to it. I want to, okay, don't worry. We're going to come back to it in a second. Um, but I want us to go down the other and then we're going to land back here. Okay. So the disciples come to Thomas and go, guess what we saw him. And he's like, you guys are crazy. So picture this moment. There's Thomas in his doubt, in his mistrust, in his skepticism, 
The door is locked practically, but what about in our lives metaphorically? Sometimes we lock the door to Jesus and we go, I don't trust you. In that room with Thomas and others, Jesus walks through that door. And I want us to catch something. In that moment of deep doubt, Jesus looks at him in the eyes and addresses his doubt with compassion. Sometimes when we struggle with doubt, we pull away from him because we think he's probably going to be mad at us if I'm human normal. Sometimes in doubt, we got to go, okay, I'm just going to stare at Jesus because I don't know what else to do. Thomas did. Aren't you glad he did? Okay. What Thomas is modeling for us is in each of our lives. If it's not now, it will be. There'll be situations where I go, is that why God? Is it really you? Okay. This is the other part I want to mention. We're going to come back to that verse. Um, We are in the process of gardening in our backyard. And so we're like ripping up shrubs from the previous owner and we're doing dirt and I'm doing sprinklers and all that stuff. Every single weekend I come out with cuts on my hand. Okay. So I got one here from last month or last week, excuse me. When I poke it, it hurts because I have nerve endings, right? Okay. Jesus, a few days previous, well, was it eight days plus three, but just previously he had nails driven through his hands and he hung on a cross for hours he had nails driven in his feet. And then the, the, the guards shoved a spear in his side to make sure he was dead before they took him off the cross. And he, the Bible says it flowed blood and water was separated. Okay. Jesus walks in and says, Thomas, touch this. Jesus was 100% 100% God. I wonder if Jesus had nerve endings like I have. Do you think when he said, here, Thomas, touch this, do you think he went, this is going to hurt so bad? I don't, I don't know. So don't, don't like call me heretic. I don't know. But just what if he's still on the planet? What if potentially Jesus went, I want you to touch the place that hurts the most. I want you to know I care about you this much. And then he said, here, stick your hand on my side. I don't understand that interaction, but I love it. Can, do you love it? There's that compassion that I'm going to let you, I'm going to get in there with you. And Thomas's response was beautiful. My Lord and my God. We can have that in our lives. In times of doubt, we don't need to run from him. We need to run to him. And it's okay to go, Jesus, I got walls up in front of you right now. I don't know if I trust you. Would you come through the walls? He does. He will. And he'll say, I'll prove myself to you. That's how I met Jesus. I said, if you're real, you show me. And three months later, I was like, I am so convinced he is real. I'll give my life to walk with him. Okay. All right. Holy Spirit's active in all this stuff, but I want to bring us back to this one verse. So again, verse 22, Jesus says, I give you peace. I give you a commission. My father has sent me. Now I send you. He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. There's a lot of people on this planet, a whole lot that are way smarter than me. Okay. 
But for years, I avoided this verse. And then a couple years back, I went, what do you mean, God? So there's probably other explanations of this, but I just, for me, this is where I land. I think Jesus is saying, you have intimacy, you have peace, and you have a commission, and your bitterness will keep you from all of it. I think what Jesus saw in their life was they're sitting in a room going, all those people stole everything of value of mine. They tailed everything from me. I'm afraid. I'm scared. I have no family. I have no hope. I have nothing. And their place of confusion and disillusionment turns to bitterness of heart. And bitterness of heart turns to hardness of heart. And hardness to heart turns to accusation and rejection. Okay? Pain, incorrectly dealt with, turns to bitterness of heart. Bitterness of heart, if we allow it there and we don't repent and resist and draw near to Jesus, turns to hardness of heart. Hardness of heart turns to accusation and rejection. All right? I think part of what Jesus is talking about here is he's like, you got everything you need, but that inside we got to deal with. There's something about forgiveness that is deeply connected to our wholeness. There's something about forgiveness that actually is connected to sometimes to our physical sicknesses. I, I, I just, I've seen it. I, I can't explain it. I'm not saying if you're sick, you have unforgiveness. Don't get me wrong. Maybe I should. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, but there's something about forgiveness here that Jesus says, if you don't forgive them and let them go, you are going to miss me. You're going to miss your calling, my peace, and my intimacy because of bitterness of heart. And so tonight, I want us to start here in our response to him. And maybe there's something else going on in your heart. If there's someone in your life, for just a minute, when I say, who is it in your life that's hurt you that you don't want to be in the same room with? We all have them. Maybe tonight it's time to actually forgive them. The power of forgiveness is that I actually let that person off the hook so God can set me free. He'll deal with them when he wants to, however he wants to. But if I live with my trauma, my, and it's real, we've all had pain, we've all had abuse, we've all had all, okay, we've had horrible things happen to us in this room. And I'm not making light of it, but I'm just saying it's, it's a line in the sand moment. If you want to know Holy Spirit this way, potentially unforgiveness and potential bitterness of heart is keeping you from knowing that kind of intimacy. As in this moment with the disciples. And so Jesus is saying, hey, if you forgive them, they're forgiven. In your heart, so now he can deal with them. If you hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness, it's going to rot your soul. It's going to keep you from peace, from intimacy, and from calling. Or you'll step into calling, but it'll be messy, and you'll start messing things up. Okay? So what I want to ask us to do for just two or three minutes here, for more than that, if needed, I want us to stand up, if you don't mind. And Bree's going to play a little something for us in the background. And I want to just walk us through forgiveness for a couple minutes. Okay. There's a lot at stake here. 
And I just, I, I can't, let me stand up here. Um, I, I can't, um, some of the pain that you guys have gone through is unbelievable. And it's hard to even look at. But I just wonder in this moment, if there's something of invitation from Holy Spirit that actually brings comfort and forgiveness and healing. So what it looks like for me is when I walk in a room and that person is over there and I know they're there. You guys know what I'm talking about? Come on, don't make me feel like a jerk. You guys know what I'm talking about? You walk in the office, you're like, ooh, there's that guy that wrote that email to me and I hate them. I don't hate them, but I don't like the email or whatever, okay? Or even worse, there's someone that shows up on Instagram or whatever and they're like, they're having a good life and my life stinks. When you feel that angst inside, it's bitterness of heart. And so right now, a place faith applied to forgiveness can unlock freedom. So for me, and this is what I want to ask us to do, is there's different, as a feeler, this makes sense to me. There's different levels of forgiveness. And so um, what I want to ask you to do is to picture the situation, the person, that you'd say, that, that's that situation I don't want to look at. If you can just, at least be just conscious aware of it. And I want to ask if you'd be willing to, just between you and God, this is where Holy Spirit comes in. He's like comforter. He's the one who gives us the grace to step into really hard places. Between you and God, to say, Lord, I forgive that person for what they did to me. If you're willing to do that, just between you and him, God, I forgive that person for what they've done. And I want to ask if you'd be willing to, to kind of dig a little deeper into forgiveness. Because I, what I find is there's layers, more faith applied to that deeper place of pain. So thinking about that situation, that person again, and just saying a, a deeper place than before. God, I, I let them off the hook. God, I allow you to deal with them. forgive them. <laughs> Just one more deeper place. If there's any residual bitterness any residual, yeah, you don't know what they did to me. Just looking at Jesus and, and, and saying it in a deeper place. Lord, I forgive them and I let them off the hook.
And so, Lord, we trust you. God, we trust you. And Lord, I, I just, in this, it's a pretty kind of tender moment, Lord, in this place of where just our pain's exposed. Would you come, Holy Spirit, and be that comforter? The one when Jesus, you said, peace, I bring to you. Holy Spirit, would you come right now and settle on us with peace? The kind of peace that's like that healing balm that just makes everything okay. Any wound that's exposed right now, Spirit of God, I'm going to heal and rest in our lives. As we um, just take a few more minutes to linger with him and worship, my guess is that probably some of us in this room just are needing that peace that Jesus brings to heal and to comfort. I also just want to share a couple things that as we were praying that we felt like God was mentioning that may be specific for people in this room. Um, I just want to throw out there just in case, and we want to pray for you. One of them was um, this picture we had of a, um, well, anyways, this idea of striving. I got to fight for my food. I got to get my place to survive. The self-preservation is frantic. And that Jesus sits on a throne so we don't have to try to sit on our own throne. Okay, if that's you tonight, if you're like, man, I just feel like I live with this frantic urgency. I want to ask you to grab someone as we're singing this song in a minute and get someone to pray that that would be broken off. Okay? The other thing that um, came to mind for us that I just want to mention is um, if you're familiar with the story in the Bible where the, the, the woman caught in adultery and it says that the, the Pharisees draw, drug her to the feet of Jesus and they picked up stones to kill him, to kill her. And then Jesus did something pretty incredible and one by one they all walked away. But then this is what's important. Jesus got down on her level and looked her in the eyes and said, daughter, you're free. He called her by her real name. And I just felt like there, there might be two or three women in this room that the, the phrase I wrote down was um, unfaithful and dirty. Things that have been done to you, things you've done that make you kind of feel like that prostitute in a way. I'm not saying you're a prostitute, but I'm just saying that something is unclean in me. 
And you need Jesus to look you in the eyes and say, daughter, I'm your mind. Okay. So if, if that means something to you, um, I also know that that's actually pretty vulnerable. Um, but as we're worshiping, Anna's going to be in the back and she'd love to pray with you. But if that feels even unsafe, just grab another woman next to you and just go, man, that's me. And I don't know how to get rid of this dirtiness. This is the love of God expressed through power and mystery that he takes away how we see ourselves because of what's been done to us. It's the beauty of the power of God. Okay. So if either of those two ring true, or if you just, there's more to business to do with God, let's take a few more minutes here as we worship, just to respond to him, grab someone to pray with, whatever you need tonight. Let's make sure we don't leave without receiving from him.